0: Have you heard about Adga's next new breed, the American Guernsey? Come learn about the fascinating history of this new breed poised to enter the American Dairy Goat Association family. Janice Rees is a Guernsey breeder from Kidder, Missouri, who has a lot of information to share about this unique breed of dairy goats.
1: All right, welcome back to another episode of Goat Gab. I'm Cameron here.
0: And I'm Laura,
1: and today we have, oh, and Janice, I didn't even have to introduce her, she just, I love it.
2: Hi, I'm Janice, I'm Janice Reese, I have um, a golden Guernsey buck, and British Guernseys and breed-ups, and we're getting ready to be American Guernsey.
0: And that is what our focus for our podcast is going to be today. So we are so excited to have Janice uh, to tell us about Adga's newest breed that we're going to be recognizing. And um, it's been such a long journey and so, so much patience has been required of our Golden Guernsey breeders in our country. So uh, we're really excited for the chance to learn a little bit about them. Before we get into our topic, Cameron, how things been going for you?
1: Um, I was out most of the week and then dealing with some um, other stuff as well. So, uh, again, at this time of year, the, the goats just are kind of there thriving, um, talking to lots of people about, you know, adding new genetics or what they're excited about in their breeding. So that's always fun to connect with breeders. Um, also working with a new breeder in uh, New Orleans who's trying to get some semen from me and, and helping him kind of analyze his lines too and whatnot. So um, not that busy on a week on the farm there and, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Not been busy here either. Um, my, uh, daughter Elizabeth came home. We ultrasounded and, um, a couple of stragglers today. And, um, so one doe that we were concerned about saw embryos or saw babies in there anyway. So it's always exciting when you're worried that, that maybe that dry yearling that, uh, hasn't been bred yet, wasn't going to take, but she did. So yay, experimental babies, but that's okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll take it and, and kind of go from there. So, um, I know everybody's probably on the same page, getting ready for Christmas and maybe family coming in and so forth. So, uh, that's it's always nice, nice when you can escape out to the barn and and get a little goat zen for a little while. So,
1: yeah. So, I, we're gonna, you know, we normally talk about some aggie news or what we're seeing on Facebook. And today, today, I think we're just gonna dive right into it with Janice. Janice, um, tell us about your background, how you got into the goats. And and what made you gravitate towards Golden Guernseys?
2: Well, I actually grew up on a farm. I've always been on a farm. I um, started out in Southern Missouri, and my father was a conservation agent. So we lived from you know we did our own garden, our own farm to table, and because that was a way of living. That's just how everyone lived. Uh, my mom ran a dairy, a, a not a goat dairy, but a cow dairy, and so. You know, that was our morning chores and we, that's, we knew no differently. So my love of dairy has always been there because I grew up that way. And, you know, nobody but goat people talk about udders and share utter pictures. We're just that weird. That's what we do. (laughs) And, um, you you have to be one of those people to kind of understand how excited we could be about sharing udders, but we do. And, um. because we're weird like that. But being in the military, I skipped around all over the world and it seemed like every time I would light my feet on the ground for more than six months, I found a goat and I would buy a goat and I always had dairy goats all over. So I would have to be picked up and moved and I'd sell my goats and I'd come someplace else and I'd I'd find more goats. It's potato chips. Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. So I came here, I'm in Kidder, Missouri and um. I got into the Guernseys simply because I've had a lot of different breeds of goats, grade goats, um, combinations, some minis. Um, several of them, several of my breeds have not been, uh, very large herd, but I had, you know, four Nubian does and they would show up on at my doorstep and scream at me at 6 AM. It's time to get out and milk and where's my grain now. And so I think for me, (laughs) i finally come to a conclusion that I like the quiet goats that don't like bolt through gates or smash my bucket on the ground. And so for me, it's I've just graduated into what I really did want. I love the high production that the Guernseys have, but I absolutely love their mild temperament. They're quiet. They're smaller. They're the smallest of the large breed or the the standard breed. So they're smaller boned and they're, they, are you know, they average from 75 pounds, maybe up to 150 pounds is the largest. They're not a large goat. And so there's just so many features about them that I ended up going, I've got to start doing that. And I love beautiful things. I have beautiful dogs. I love beautiful goats. So I fell into this long-haired, beautiful goat, and here I am.
0: So was it difficult to find them, Janice? Because you know, as I as I said before, we started our podcast today. I've seen what I thought were golden Guernseys, but I think maybe they were just um, maybe percentages. They they didn't look a lot different than regular goats for me, and and I wouldn't even have an idea where to find them. So how did how did you get your hands on your first ones?
2: Well, you kind of have to go back to the history of the Golden Guernseys to start with. Golden Guernseys came from the Guernsey Isle, and that's the Guernsey Channel. That's the the Channel Islands. There, that's located between France and England. And during World War II, the breed was virtually annihilated by troops for food that were stationed there on the island. Um, there was one Islander resident that that put. Every goat she had, which might have been a whole 10 goats in her basement. Her, and her name was Maryam Melbourne. And she harbored and saved those goats for many years and hid them in her basement. And she's the reason they only exist. The Real Golden Guernsey is a closed herd book. Um, they've DNA'd the Golden Guernsey. It is its own breed. It's not related to any other goat. They believe it to be hundreds of years old maybe possibly related to the Swiss saunens, maybe possibly Swiss, all Swiss breeding, but that's all speculation because they've determined they're they're really their own breed. So when we talk about golden Guernseys, they have to have basically come of those direct descendants to be a golden Guernsey. So we have very few actual real golden Guernseys in the United States that when they were imported let's see, they first went to UK, Great Britain, and that's in like in 65, and then 75, and then in like mid-90s, they were imported by embryo because of the Scrappies laws, and so the only way they could come into the United States was embryo transplant, and so one farm has golden Guernseys, Guernsey's, and that's the Swind farm, and it's called, it's Southwind, but they're name is Swind, and that's in New York, and they control all the does. So there are only a few bucks. When they first started, there was basically only two that lived, and then they started importing semen, and they did some breed-up programs, and all those breed-ups then became British Guernseys. So from all of this has been a tight-line breeding, Super controlled, very restricted environment to get the British Guernseys that we have. But there are very few golden Guernseys. What we call golden Guernseys that are truly registered golden Guernseys are a few bucks. There are no does that live off the Swind farm. So the bucks wow. that have been slowly released over the last 20 years, and I do own a golden Guernsey buck. Have are very few and far between. There might be 20 Golden Guernsey bucks that have been released out of the Swind farm, and they're used for breed-ups to make British Guernseys in a five-level step of Swiss-bred does. We can breed them to swiss breed does. To get after five generations, most, mostly five generations, then we get to this British Guernsey status. Now, that British Guernsey status is actually managed, the paperwork is managed managed by the British Guernsey Society. And uh, and so they have a different book than, quote, the Golden Guernseys who have a closed herd book. British Guernseys still have a breed up and enough of an open book that you can breed up. And so what people in the U.S. normally are referring to is British Guernseys, not Golden Guernseys. The Golden Guernseys are rare. So, just in the language alone, we think we're talking that the lame and goat people are talking about Golden Guernseys, and it's not. What we have in the United States mostly is British Guernseys and breed ups and all stages of breed ups. And now, after 20 years of doing these breed ups with British Guernseys, we have, and there's a whole group of people that have worked. Diligently, especially over the last ten years, to get the British Guernseys accepted into ADGA into ADGA, and those some things have evolved and changed to get them into ADGA, to make us a little more in the norm of what ADGA would want us to be. Like we had to choose: are we a mini or are we a full full size goat? Well, we are a small, full-size goat. But what we are going to have is breed-ups from the standards. There's going to be two. What's going to happen is we have an evolution of British Guernsey registrations, BGS, British Guernsey Society goats. And they have their standards that have been set in stone for 100 years. And then we're going to have our American goats, which, which will meet American Guernsey and that book is going to be open for breed ups and the breed ups are going to be different Um, what got accepted into adga is a little bit different than, than what was in the british guernsey society um there are differences in all of that so when we're talking about what we're going to be accepting into agda is american guernseys golden guernseys aren't even going to be looked at we're looking at we won't even have golden guernseys there's a real good we're at such a risk for golden Guernseys that they are not even a part of the equation. So really what we're talking about is British Guernseys, but moral of what we're talking about is American Guernseys, because that's what we're coming in to ADCO with.
0: So Janice, when you're saying that that the golden Guernseys aren't even going to be looked at, I'm guessing that's because they are so rare because outside of, of the swind herd, there are no golden Guernsey does that it's almost like a totally different breed. So you just can't, you just can't expect that to be the purebred standard for Guernseys and Adga. Is that correct?
2: That's correct. Because
0: Adga is, on the American.
2: What's going to happen is when the database rolls into Adga, those golden Guernseys are going to be looked at as just purebred, pure. That's what they're calling the pure, Guernseys, So we're going to have a definition for the British Guernseys that have been many generations British Guernseys and the Golden Guernseys are considered pure in, the, in, in Agda. So we're going to have this um, like a grandfathered in where all the Golden Guernseys and full British Guernseys will just are just going to be on a pure status. And so many everything else from here on out once we get going are going to be american guernseys where british guernseys and the golden Guernsey are just going to be considered the pure guernsey so it's the highest level that makes
0: sense okay
2: right right okay and and i've had very little to do with adga and the evolution of getting adga we have Fabulous people that have been longtime Agda breeders of other breeds that have been nurturing and harboring these British Guernseys to get enough British Guernseys to even be able to get into Agda. Because you have to have a minimal to even get accepted into Agda.
0: Well, I was just going to ask about how many animals do you expect? to open this herd book with what's, what's the number of animals that you think you're going to be bringing into this herd book?
2: Well, right now that's a difficult answer. I can tell you that I talked to a couple of people just a while ago and we were talking about, we have a database, a manually manipulated hand put in name database that's going to be going into the ADCA data files. And that's about Right now, it's about 1700, but I can tell you that's not accurate. That includes a lot of our foundation stock from 20 years ago, like our Golden Guernseys. Some of those are dead, many of those are dead, but we need them for the pedigree base. And some of these are British Guernseys that are older, but once again, we need them for the pedigree base. And since we don't have, we have been working on this database for years basically 10 years we've been working on this database. A lot of those goats have now passed on, but yet we need them for our pedigree. So we're thinking that there's about 1500 and that's a guess. Um, and we think that includes some dead, some that are just required to have, because we have to have them to get in, to get our pedigrees going. And, uh, some dead, but we won't know that till everything gets on board, and then we're going to have a lot a couple years of sorting sorting stuff out. But, um, now that we think about there's about 120 GG Golden Guernseys in the United States. Now, that includes, but that includes all the dead and everything that we've had working on since the mid 90s. So if you include some of those goats now would be 20 years old, that's not feasible. So we think that there's probably in reality, maybe at the tops, 50 golden guernseys across the United States, including all of what's at Swind, which is a small, which recently has been, is a smaller herd. So, but once again, we're just guessing
0: well, that's that's just kind of f- fantastic. I was thinking about this the other day. I don't know that um any of the purebred registries are well, I guess I can I'm just going to speak about Adga. We haven't had the chance of adding a new breed for so long and definitely not adding a new breed with the technology and the social media and the um way that we have to to get people together that we have today. I think that's kind of exciting. It'll be neat to see how
1: that plays out. How do you connect with these people, Janice? Is it through well, Facebook and other social medias
2: or what? It is. It is. I don't know that we could have done this without Facebook. And I'm not saying just Facebook, but it's social media. Um, you know, we have Golden Guernsey clubs that are in UK and British in England and in the foreign countries that we in here in the United States can look at the purebred Golden Guernseys that where they have you know 200 of them that have some of them direct descendants off the island and we can see what our Golden Guernseys should look like. So here we are a long ways and many to 20 years out from trying to breed up to get something that looks like what they have the access and ability to have pure and ours look just like theirs do. So this is very interesting to have um, in Great Britain. We have an individual that helps us with all of our papers in, in, uh, in the British goat society. And she was actually involved in the embryo and sending those embryos over here in utero embryos over here. She's still involved in the club and helping us with getting into Agda and and keeping our structure still with British Goat Society because what is happening is many of us are going to have double registered herds, British Goat Society that have very strict rules, and our AGDA goats which have a more moderate, tempered rules, with different, with a little bit. We're I think AGDA is more focused on production. Um, milk testing. I mean, there's just where where some of us, like myself, is more of a preservation breeder, which I'm looking at keeping closest to what a golden Guernsey looked like, keeping closest to what production of golden Guernseys were, trying to breed back to as many golden Guernseys as as we have. So I have a little different goal as I'm a preservation breeder. So we have Facebook groups. We have um, where you can be a preservation breeder, For for British Guernseys, you can be in the Golden Guernsey UK group, so that you can see what are across the pond goats are originally supposed to look like, and so all this ties us all together. And we couldn't do it without social media.
0: That's pretty amazing. A question for you: When you're talking about embryos, and maybe this is a dumb question, are they still able to be imported to the United States, or has that been shut down along with semen?
2: Well, yes and no. The thing is, from what I understand, and I've asked this question a lot because I would love to import. It's hugely expensive. But because of the scrappy laws and all the shutdown that happened I believe in the 90s, uh and there were no more imports, period. That was done. You had to have in you have to have a farm overseas that has no outside contact for like 10 years has no goat movement for 10 years has tested for 10 years has all these criteria that's almost unreasonable and unmanageable. Now we had a farm that uh, Christine Ball, she's our liaison in Great Britain that helps us with all this. We had a, a farm that was capable of doing that and then somehow one was taken to a vet and it broke that restriction. And all of a sudden they're no longer able to export. So we no longer have a farm that fills that criteria that can ship. Now the criteria didn't change, but the farm criteria is almost so impossible to get anything to be imported.
0: That's really
1: amazing. Yeah. Um, mm. and that and that I know, I know when people have reached out to us and I know um, they're like, can you ship internationally? Can you do that? Um, I know it's, it's really hard, especially um, not only getting through those health restrictions, but it's a time-consuming process. And then you do have to have a lot of capital in order to do that. If we have a customer that we want to help, yeah. But at the end of the day, it is a process to get anything shipped overseas or imported. I know um, somebody from Australia imported a bunch of La Mancha's because um, obviously they didn't have those in Australia there. So it is a process.
0: So, like the USDA has to get involved in this?
2: The wow. USDA is, DA is highly involved in it. There's, a, they have to have, um, th- both governments have to have their governing bodies agree that they're both doing all the roles or it can't happen. There's a lot to it.
0: Wow. Interesting. Where are most of the Guernseys located in the United States, Janice?
2: Well, I would like to say that it used to be mostly on the East Coast because our, that's where our Golden Guernseys came from, and that's where our breedups happened. And so it was a slow filtering process that happened that they started migrating across the United States over the last 10 or 15 years. But transportation has become easier. We have goat, once again with social media, we have goat transporters. We have Facebook pages set up just for transporters that do nothing but transport goats. And so it has become easier for us to get our goats from one coast to the other. But I still believe primarily some of our more um, longer pedigreed uh, Golden Guernsey, British Guernsey contacts are on the East coast. But um, we have several big breeders in Utah and a couple in California. We have two or three Golden Guernseys in California. So I think it's, getting more diverse where we're all at. Um, I know that there's one Northern Michigan, there's one in Arkansas, um, there's uh, one in Oklahoma, one, you know, but I'm talking one or two. It's not like I don't have any competition in Missouri. Well, I think it's both. You can't just have this breed and think that they're not dairy because they're going to give you, um, you know, they're going to give you nine to 14 pounds of milk a day That's serious dairy. So it's it's very difficult not to think of them dairy because they just you can't just let them pasture raise a baby. They will way overproduce.
0: That this small breed. So you said seventy-five to one hundred and twenty-five pounds. That's a lot of milk. I mean, nine to fourteen pounds. That's a lot of milk out of a little package.
2: That's a lot of milk. That's part of the appeal to this goat. It's actually, they're considered for the size they are. They have, they're known for the best feed conversion, you know, meaning that they can eat less and they still produce the highest amounts of milk for the size and the, the grass and grain that you put in them. They have the highest conversion. So that's an amazing, an absolutely amazing producer for the size that they are. And on top of that, they have butter fat percentages at four and five percent and protein that's over three percent. So we're right up there.
0: Very cool. Yeah.
2: I was going to talk about the breed themselves has been a, a struggle as any breed has a breed up. There was a lot of line breeding and let's just say inbreeding and line breeding to keep our genetics and so we have struggled over the last 15 years with hawks and legs and rear udder attachment and fore utter attachment, which we all look at, but when you have a gene pool of six and not 60, you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. We're we're keeping those probably that other people might call because we're in a situation of preserving their pedigree not just keeping the best of the best and that's kind of where we're at with this preservation breeding
0: i can see that that could make sense sure you might you might be willing to keep on keep something just for some genetic diversity that in another breed you might not be willing to tolerate you know because it's a feature that you wouldn't like to continue that makes sense
2: i think that's why when our When it was submitted to ADGA on about our breed ups for the American Guernseys, there are certain really strict guidelines for the British Guernsey Society that says that it'll only be bred up from the Swiss breeds. We've opened that up a little bit with AGDA. Um, Our breed ups for AGDA now do include La Mancha and they do include um, Nubians, which is not accepted in the other in the other registry but i think they have done that to try to allow us a little bit more diversity to get a little bit better of of some of the weaknesses that we have in the breed
1: interesting so if you were to cross with a breed for golden guernseys do you have any breed in mind that you would want to make that cross or are you still going to what what areas do you see that uh what breed could really improve the guernseys the most in your mind
2: well, I have had a lot of crosses. I think that's where i've got I've been allowed to have fabulous um neighbors um uh, Jessica Krauss has some of the nicest, beautiful alpines and um uh, because I have access to her so easily she's had some beautiful breed ups for me so a lot of my foundations some of my foundation stock came from jessica and my breed ups came from those alpines they're they are lovely but you have to be careful about the white on uh, any goat because white is dominant the white patches piebald faces white legs those are things as you develop a breed up with this breed we can't have white After so many generations, there's no white allowed or you start back at experimental or black. So there we have some restrictions that make some breeds better than others. Like a lot of us have been very successful with chocolate Toggenbergs, with solid chocolate Toggenbergs. Toggenbergs are naturally long haired. They have a lot of the Swiss background that we like. And so Toggenbergs have been very beautiful crosses. Um, we've also done really well with, uh, chestnut overhasley's and I myself have had several dose from, uh, Van Echo Ac- Van Echo.
1: I just said, yeah, Sandy that's Sandy's Van Echo. Nice, great goats. Yeah. yeah yes. Nice, yes, great goats.
2: Sandy, Sandy Van Echo, And that's been a beautiful help to our lines as far as keeping a solid colored goat and, um, you know, and nice production. And she and herself ha- is Busy working on, you know, breeding better, and some of her stock is now beautiful, and some it's it's fabulous to be able to bring that into our goal into our breed ups for American Guernseys, and my breed ups for British Guernseys. So I will have a little bit of that in both. So, um, you know, we have done very well with Oberhathleys, and we've done very good with Toggenbergs. Now I can say the Saunens um, create a lot of white. They're just white. So we struggle a little bit with that uh, Anand being a dominant white in our breed, which we need golden. We need that Browns and Goldens, not white.
0: As you guys have been really patient to get into ADGA, um, has that has the struggle to, to work toward that brought breeders together? Or has it caused dissension or... Um, You know, I'm, I'm sure that there were times where everybody was frustrated to the point that they thought, are we ever even going to get this done? So I, I think it's pretty amazing. You guys have gotten to this point.
2: Oh, it has caused both. Over the last 10 years, there was a lot of short-term breeders. They thought they would get into breeding these goats and, you know, they created a big herd within a couple years and big meaning 20. And all of a sudden that they discovered that they weren't able to register these goats through British Guernsey Society after two years. And so all of a sudden they had goats that weren't registerable. and Adga had not opened up the herd book yet. So here were these goats being dumped at sale barns beautiful goats that we needed to maintain and keep because people were on kind of a fly by night. Oh, Adga's never going to get us entered and, Oh, we can't register them with BGS because we waited too long. And so there's a lot of that that happened for the last 10 years, a lot. There's been huge amounts of turnover with people thinking that not having the mindset that, you know, it may not happen tomorrow and you must go get your goats registered with British Goat Society till ADGA, till we're able to make it work in ADGA. And they really, truly have been working on trying to get it in ADGA hard for 10 years.
0: Wow. That's that's a lot of time and a lot of perseverance.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, thinking about the the goats themselves um, and, and kind of your markets are when you do choose to sell goats off a farm, um, do you sell them to other Guernsey breeders or are you are people wanting to get into the Guernseys and come to you or what does your market look like?
2: People are contacting me and wanting to get into the Guernseys. They're a smaller goat and I think that has its appeal and they're just beautiful and super quiet. People come out here and none of my bucks have a buck odor. There's something about the different hair coat and being this type of buck they do not no one can tell I have bucks. And I have—I'm a buck hoarder, as you guys probably, as we all have to claim to be. But don't giggle. I won't tell you how many I have because my husband doesn't even know how many I have. (laughs) So we—you know—it's amazing how people come here and they meet this super docile, sweet breed that people want to have in their backyards, and technically they can. Some of these does are 75, 80, 90 pounds, 100 pounds. Now, as we're progressing, we're starting to get a little more size. And I see in the future that we're going to be a little more of an American goat size, because I think that's what we're going to have to do also to be competitive in the show ring. And um, that just happens with time also.
1: I will say that genetic progress, though, can be seen um relatively quickly when you have large numbers i think about where the nigerians were um you know 10 years ago uh, when i first saw them versus where they are now and they've made leaps and bounds of, of progress um so do you think with a smaller gene pool you'll you'll see a slower progression of of uh, making them bigger or, or including on traits or what are your thoughts on that
2: I don't think we'll see a slower progression. I can even see in my eight years of managing these, I have already sorted out and picked out my doves that have given me the larger stuff because I do want to show. And so for me to fit that bill, I have to kind of fit what the judges place, even on the small scale, even if I'm on the small scale that gives a standard that judges are used to looking at. And I think, In goats, it's amazing that at a year old, you can breed them and you can have an offspring at two and you can have a replacement. You can have two replacements at three. And so it's so different in goats that you can manage that herd and get replacements so much quicker and see the outcome faster than other kinds of animals.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you on that there.
0: So um, talking about showing, I, I know this is something that I've heard a lot of people mention their interested in learning more about. Um, You've talked about their coat. And when I see pictures of them, they have these beautiful, long flowing coats. Is the intention that they're going to be shown in full coat so you don't slick shear them like you do the rest of the dairy goat breeds? And uh, what does that look like as far as uh, working with hair like that on a daily basis?
2: Well, it is going to be interesting because we're allowed to have any hair combination of On these goats, some of them are naturally slick haired like any other goat and not long haired, although many of them that are slick haired still have like a dorsal hair or dorsal stripes or they have, you know, the facial beard or some amount of hair, but they can be anything from like half haired across the back across the back legs and then they can go to, go to a full coat. Some are totally full coat from long hair from the neck to the tail. They're shown in full coat. They're gonna be shown in beautiful long full coat. Now I've washed my I wash my golden Guernsey every year. And especially when I went and had him collected, I went out with my detangler and my horse shampoo and conditioner and put him on the stand and detangled him and combed his hair. They have a glossy, slick hair, and it actually detangles really pretty easily. So it wasn't really a problem. You know, I shaved his underbelly. I shaved and cleaned up his feet. I shaved his um, sanitary areas. But generally, I kept his long outer coat. And, I, you know, we're, we're talking to Jansen, who has a large herd, and shows her Guernsey's. Um, she shaves the udder. She shaves the fore udder. She shaves the rear udder. She shaves their legs. She cleans up their tail, and she leaves all their beautiful long hair. Now we've talked about pinning back their hair so the udders could be seen, and that's easy to do because it's just long hair. So I think that that's kind of what we're looking at because they're shown in full hair coat.
1: That is going to be so cool to see. I'm a judge, uh, actually, at Adga too, and the it's it's really hard to get into a new mindset after you've been doing it for so many years, just this one way. And, but I'm excited for the challenges that it's going to bring. Um, and, and what opportunities we're going to get to evaluate even more animals out there. Um, do you think, thinking about judging though, do you think you might have to educate? I mean, do, do you think we need more education, both from like a judging perspective or just other breeders about golden Guernseys? So we can really learn to appreciate them more.
2: Well, yes, and this is and this is exactly how come all of us that have an American Guernsey or future American Guernseys have to do podcasts. We have to go to these shows. We need to set up booths. We need to get our brochures that are all about the Guernsey Goat Breeders of America because that's our association. Is GGBOA Guernsey Goat Breeders of America, and we need to be passing out those bro- brochures and saying this is what we're supposed to have because. It is going to be very difficult for judges to understand we are a very small breed and small structure and smaller bone. And so I am come from the dog show world where my dogs have long hair and beautiful show trims and the judges have to put their hands on. And I think that that's where we're going to have to go also, where we're going to have to educate judges to say, I think you're going to have to learn to put your hands on these goats. Feel their tips, feel their points, pull the hair back if you can't see, and look, because hair coat is part of their prestige. It's part of the breed. So we have to keep that. And I think it will be fine. They're beautiful goats underneath. They've been shown overseas for 50 years and super successful in the show rings. We just have to change our mindsets here about having, this is our first true long-haired breed that, chosen long hair so we'll just have to get used to it and we'll get it we'll get it figured out I'm
0: eager to see what kind of education Cameron that um the judges committee puts out for judges on Guernseys and I I would imagine if for example if somebody asked me how I would introduce it I would sure bring together a good team of Guernsey breeders to say you know this is what our breed is and this is what it looks like because that is just so that is so different from everything else it'll be neat to see how it
1: works out yeah, all I'm going to ask from a judge is a little bit of patience. <laughs> Just, <laughs> it's, it's, a to, it's a new thing oh. and changes scary oh, sometimes.
2: I think for the American Guernsey people who have been patient for 20 years, even getting to the possibility that we might be in Agda, I don't think that's even a problem.
1: <laughs> well, thank you.
0: Janice, so um, hopefully we're going to have a national show in 2021, and um, every year forward from that, has the has the Guernsey group discussed if they would like to exhibit at the national show and some plans that they might have for that?
2: Um, it has been discussed, and I know that our board has had those discussions and i i know they we would love to not just have a display we want to actually have you know our, our classes so i think we have enough people that are interested in showing and have enough goats to make a nice a nice a nice group so i'm looking forward to it um, cuz this will be my first year of showing a goat um i can free stack a dog but i don't know how to stack a goat yet but watch out i'm gonna learn <laughs>
0: there's not a lot of difference really you just don't have to bait the goats that's kind of nice
2: <laughs> and you don't have
0: you don't have to um move them out with the speed that you have to move out one of your beautiful dogs so um you know but as somebody who's shown both the goats are a little bit of a slower tempo but you'll get it it's pretty easy
1: yeah just uh don't don't uh, we're not at the Indy 500 is what i tell people when they're like running around the ring. So just, just, just remember that.
0: Yeah. Gating, gating is not a thing with goats. We don't need to do that. How many does are you gonna be freshening this year?
2: I have um, 11.
0: And do you usually kid like, uh, are they seasonal breeders? Like most dairy, like most um, uh, Swiss type animals are? are, you usually kid sometime between January and June kind of a thing?
2: Exactly the same. Some of them won't even cycle twice a year. Some will only cycle in the in the fall period, so you don't even get that option. What is interesting is some of them we do have triplets and quads once in a while. So that's interesting about the breed. Um but yeah, we almost everybody I know Go
1: ahead.
2: We, we we deliver any place from, you know, January to May. And we're usually done by May because they're long haired. Uh, Some of these goats are finding shade and in hot weather don't do as well. They're a little more of a cold weather goat.
1: So thinking about that, do you have like lots of trees around your place for them or do they just live in the barn by the fans? I mean, it's uh, they definitely seem like a cold weather animal, though.
2: Well, I do provide fans in the barn, but we have shade trees and, you know, they have the pasture on the hill and shade is good enough. They manage themselves well. It's a super hardy breed and parasite resistant because they lived many hundreds of years without human intervention. And so they're quite hardy, but you'll find that they do their grazing and breeding at night and they're loafing and laying at day. And that's kind of the way they are.
1: Uh, thinking about kidding there, I know we generally do some you know trim up areas and around you know the kind of the 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 parts of the goat that they use for kidding I won't get into discussion on that there but um do you are you guys doing that um or do you just kind of let the because the hair is very important um there but you get the question I'm asking oh, no. there.
2: I do. We shave their sanitary areas. We do a sanitary shave uh, that cleans okay, yeah. up all the, all of the areas that get in contact with birthing so that uh, we don't have the cleanup and the mess and all that shaved. But we're careful that we don't do a, if you look at a side view, we're not going around the corner in front of the goat. So we're not grossly okay. shaving. We're just going straight down, a, a, you know, a railroad tracks down the back. So, and definitely cleaning up the udders. All the udders are shaved clean and slick. So they're just kept cleaner, especially when you milk, because it is a dairy breed. We're milking. Many of us get way more than, you know, you have to have triplets sometimes to be able to manage one dose milk.
0: So Janice, if I, if I were wanting to get into goats and uh, we're considering a golden Guernsey or a Guernsey, American Guernsey. Uh, give me a good sell job on this. What would you, what would you tell somebody why they should consider opening, opening their farm to this breed?
2: Well, first off they're they're a smaller stature breed. Um, their conversion rate for what you feed them compared to what they produce for you is tops. It's just the best that there is on this small goat breeds. Um, the butterfat is up there, and for whatever reason, they have a 45% butterfat, but they are able to produce more cheese out of that butterfat than any of the other per-gallon Swiss breeds, and they're not even sure why, and it has something to do with the protein that's in their in their butterfat. Um, there's no goat flavor to their milk. Their milk is like drinking uh, a whole milk, a whole Guernsey cow milk. It's amazing how rich and sweet and non goat flavored the milk is and I think that that's surprising to people I tell them come come drink this milk I want you to drink it warm because anybody that's ever drink drank warm goat milk would understand that you have that that's the flavor and the smell that you get most that people might be against you can drink this you can drink this and it has no goat flavor and that's just amazing to people I think they're super mild quiet disposition they're just absolutely sweet you know i can go out here and even in feeding time they whisper to me they're not loud it's just so cute and i think that you know they're addictive it is it's an addictive goat just because um because they are mild and so and smaller they're not a pushy type of a goat so and i think of all things it's it's uh their beautiful long golden hair and their golden color is just stunning so it's it's eye candy there's some eye candy appeal going on there too
0: well and i think the unique factor has a lot to do with it too i mean how often does anybody ever get a chance to be a true pioneer in a breed to help get this breed established i think i think that would be a lot of fun too
1: obviously you are you breed dogs as i look over your facebook for uh facebook information um do you find it similar to breeding the goats like the dogs or um, are you using like some of the same techniques and whatnot or uh, just, just trying to do different things?
2: Well, you know, being on a farm, breeding is breeding. When you look at pedigrees, judging a pedigree on line breeding, line breeding outcross, line breeding, line breeding outcross, and some of the breeding theories those are all the same. It doesn't matter what kind of animal that you're talking about. So, there I use a lot of my my dogs take generations to see an outcome. Like I don't breed anything till they're 2 years old, and then I don't breed things till they have a championship and then they're 2 years old. And so 10 years from now, I have not I've I've had a very small window of progression to see change. I can use my breeding theories with goats and see progression of change in two years. And that's just amazing to me. But breeding is breeding, whether it be horses, dogs, cattle, sheep, goats. The theory is the same. You know, the line breeding techniques and DNA and dominant colors, dominant females, you know, breeding back dominant females and dominant male, um, all of that, it's just the same.
1: Gotcha. No, I, I was, I was just curious again. I love, uh, I think Laura made the comment once if you breed, um, you know, if you're successful in one area of animal husbandry, you know, you're, you're probably going to be able to apply it across other ones as well. So,
0: I think I think that that's that's pretty exciting. And and Janice, I will be so excited to see your animals out at shows just as soon as we can get that to happen. And uh, hopefully that's in 2021, because it, it'll it'll be pretty darn exciting that first time you walk out and see a best in show group and that Guernsey's out there with the rest of the animals. So thank you for your hard work on uh, making this breed happen.
2: Well, you're welcome. And I'm just a newbie at this. There are so many people that have been involved, involved for 20 and 25 years doing this. And I kind of step in and out this little last window when we're getting ready to go into Agga. But it is an exciting new time.
0: Well, thank you so much, Denise, for being part of our podcast today. And uh, I, I've, I'm I've kind of excited about this. I've learned a lot about the Guernseys and, and eager to see them become an, a newly recognized breed in Agga once we get everything up and
1: going. I'm really excited about just seeing the opportunities and being able to appreciate more animals. I spent and challenge myself to think differently as well when it comes to judging, when it comes to looking at this, not only as a dairy goat, but as a way to preserve history as well. So I'm thankful that breeders like you are taking the plunge and saying, let's go get these golden Guernsey's to some shows in 2021.
0: Cameron, what are we going to talk about on our next podcast? So we're going to be taking a break next week. So uh, we can enjoy our, our various Christmases and everybody else can too. So we'll be uh, jumping back in a podcast for the first uh, of 2021.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. We'll be talking about new year's resolutions for the farm. We'll talk about ours. We'll talk about what some, um, possible ones could be, uh, just a host of it. And then we we'll, of course, we'll be caught up on everything that happened over the holidays, of course.
0: Right. And, and, uh, looking forward to some new news from AGA about linear appraisal and hopefully some other things too. So, um, As we close out the year of 2020, I want to thank all of our listeners again for being on this journey with uh, me and Cameron. We've had so much fun doing this and have loved getting feedback. So um, when you think of a a topic that you'd like us to cover, please let us know. We've gotten a whole bunch of really great ideas that we're eager to see uh, come out next year in, in our future podcasts.
1: Yes. Uh, don't forget, find us on Facebook, goat gab. Um, you can find us on Facebook or excuse me, uh, anchor, Spotify, and, uh, Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts there. Uh, uh, what was Janice's herd name again? Janice, are you still on?
2: I am. It's sheep Creek. I live on sheep Creek.
1: Sheep, uh, sheep, sheep Creek. Uh, do you have like a farm page or a website or something that they can go visit? Look at your beautiful
2: animals. I do. I have Sheep Creek, and I have a farm page, and I also am in goats, so they can actually see my herd and see some of my pedigrees and how they are interacted in the goats and pedigree.
1: Awesome. Yeah, go ahead and and check her goats out, and uh, thanks for listening. Have happy holidays, everybody.
0: Happy holidays, everyone. Thank you so much.